Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Pastor, is your church safe? Back when people used to live long, it was customary for an old man facing death to gather his children and give them final instructions, especially to distribute his property among them. This was a very important moment, and everyone hung on his last words. The sadness of death was softened by the joy of sharing in his inheritance. Sadly today, our culture has lost this. My homeland, Uganda, is one of the youngest nations on earth, with an average age of 15. At least 80% of every congregation is made up of young people who, although passionate and hungry for God, lack guidance from fathers and experienced old Christians. Cults and spiritual predators are well aware of this, and they take advantage of the undiscerning zeal of the young. What steps can the church in Africa take to safeguard its youth from exploitation and disillusionment? Paul's solemn exhortation to the elders of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20 verses 17 to 35 has never been more important. Having ministered to Ephesus for about three years, Paul had to depart for Jerusalem, never to return. Like a venerable African clan leader, he gathers the elders to impart his final instructions as a kind of legacy. Paul carefully reminds the elders of his sacrificial example in ministry, from Acts chapter 20 verses 18 to 21 we can see this, and of the corresponding role God has given them in overseeing the saints under their care. In this way, he heightens the need for the pastor to be not just situationally aware, but self-aware. This might seem unimportant until we understand that keeping the church safe begins with the well-being of the pastor. A person can only give what he has. And the church can only go as far as its pastor can go. If a pastor is spiritually confused or misled, chances are high that his congregation will be too. Today, the pastor or the man of God often takes center stage in the life of the church, even supplanting Jesus. Congregations hang on his every word. What then happens if such a pastor is wrong? Pastoral ministry is more than routine preaching. It involves discipling members who can make a, def a defense for their hope. First Peter 3.15 The pastor, your congregation needs the centrality of scripture to grow in your own life. Entertainment, good counseling, storytelling, or positive words rarely grow anybody. Only God-breathed word accomplishes this. This wasn't the only time Paul emphasized a shepherd's self-awareness. He instructed Timothy saying, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. We find that in 1 Timothy 4.16. Paul calls on Timothy to be a model in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. For a church to grow into godliness, it all begins with the pastor's teaching and example. Too often today, pastors see the church as an opportunity to gain riches, popularity, and power. Congregations are now his means to realize his dreams. In short, 
the sheep feed the shepherd rather than the reverse. Such men were active in Paul's time. So he reminds the elders of the nature of their calling and the value of the churches in their care, exhorting them to do the right things as they remember their accountability to God. Paul calls the Ephesian elders to both feed the flock and to guard it. He reminds them of his uncompromising message. I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, that is verse 27, and he predicts two threats that lie just ahead of them. The first comes from fierce wolves who will come in among you, not sparing the flock. The second arises from men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. How do such things operate in our context today? Missionary cults openly seek to convert unsuspecting believers, and we can often easily identify them. But the current rise of false prophets and apostles in our own midst should also arouse our concern and provoke us to action. These subtle deceivers recruit followers from the traditional churches through their weekday fellowship gatherings, indoctrinate them, and send them back to their churches on Sunday, where most of their victims are actively involved in the ministries of the church. In this way, the church is corrupted from within by people who claim membership, but propagate the theology of the false prophets and apostles whom they follow during the week. Teaching things that outwardly seem Christian, they mislead the unsuspecting, undermining their loyalty to God, and diverting them from the fundamentals of their faith to man-made philosophies, as we read in Colossians 2.8. Paul's warning in Acts closely resembles that of Peter, but false prophets also arose among the people, Peter tells us, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Jude also warns believers that certain people have crept in unnoticed, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. In response, he calls us to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, and that is Jude verse 3 and verse 4. Pastor, you must disciple your flock for discernment and create a safe environment where your sheep can grow in grace and be grounded in the scriptures. You are to expose the error in their midst as well as expose it to God's word to show the truth. You are to gently correct those in error while rebuking those who remain stubborn as we see Paul guide us in 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verses 24-26. You must intentionally preach and build up your members without forgetting to point out the errors within their context so that they will be on guard and not easily taken captive. A watchful pastor ought to be aware of his congregation's wrestling with the false radio preachers, their Muslim neighbors, and the Jehovah Witnesses in the village. He ought to understand the context in which he labors, the spiritual forces at work both within and out, and in dependence on God's grace and word, equip his flock to stand strong in Christ. And finally, having warned the elders, Paul seals his legacy with a blessing. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. May we heed his words today. 
To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.